Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on? Coach Lucas back here with the Vigor Life Podcast. And um, man, we've had we've had some uh, some good stuff going on. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the the podcast with Joe DeFranco. Absolutely loved it. I've uh, been having uh, great feedback on that. With that said, I'm uh, I'm gonna turn turn the uh, I would say the uh, let's just say we're gonna we're gonna turn the focus a little bit on today again on some points that I think are massively important um, when it comes to leadership, right? And and I talk about this a lot, like teamwork, leadership, running teams um, is once again I, I shared that I throw myself into things like very very deep. You know, if if, if I want to improve on leadership, I'm reading you know, 20 leadership books in a row and going to seminars, going to courses, hiring mentors. And uh, why? Because, well, it keeps it in the forefront of my mind. It's kind of like one of those things like, you know, where you, where you, your focus goes, that's where your action goes, where your attention goes, that's where your focus goes, right? And like, that's what grows. And so that's that's worked well for me um, in the past and I continue doing that. It doesn't mean it's the only thing I'm working on, but certainly if I feel like there's something that I can improve and want to improve, and that's kind of like the the catalyst for for growth. I, I end up doing it. So, and then there's something that usually will happen, or something that I read, or some something that somebody says that spurs, uh, you know, me putting on this uh, the podcast that I do. Right, like it. While sometimes there's topics that I, I work on and say, hey, I really want to talk about this because people bring it up to me as something that they'd like to improve, work on, be better at, and uh, and and so we'll that's what I bring up. Um, a lot of times it's just like some, it's a trigger in my own life, uh, or, or an aha moment. And you know, it, I've been sharing this for quite some time. Um, and yet with the amount of, I say business coaching I do and consulting I do, um, you know, it's one of the things that continues to come up and not only just in business, but just in life where like the, I would say, how do you get a group of people to achieve a goal, right? Which is essentially, you know, everything, everybody's a team, right? Like I said, families are teams, sports teams are teams, businesses are teams, charity organizations are teams, um, you name it, anything that's collaborative in nature, you become a team, even if it's for the purpose of completing a task. Example, um, if I hire somebody for a project, well, the time that we're working on their, on that project, hey, listen, we're a team, right? So, there is literally no place or nowhere unless you're in a complete individual in isolation where you don't need teamwork, communication, and leadership. And so basically, one of the things that really spurred kind of like this idea and uh, of what I want to talk about today and a whole slew of notes is going from a soloist to a conductor and I, I read this somewhere, um, Hana Chang, who, you know, it, who enjoyed a very successful career as a uh, cellist, and I think I, th- I said that right, uh, is, uh, became, uh, she went from being a, a, a solo cellist to a conductor, okay? And what she pointed out was that going from, from one to the other is that conducting is completely different from being a soloist, right? And she said, hey, when I play my instrument, what I think quite naturally and instantaneously translates into sound, when conducting, it's making sound with a group of individuals, right? So the possibilities and the potential of the sound of an orchestra are virtually limitless. 
And this is truly fascinating to me. So that's something that she said, right? Like it's a, such a different kind of framework. Um, and another person, Eric Jacobson, who's an American violinist who became conducting, spoke about the role and impact of being a conductor. And he said, ideally, a conductor is a catalyst for mutual understanding. Right? I'm gonna say that again, I, that this, I found this so powerful. Is ideally a conductor is a catalyst for mutual understanding with the orchestra becoming greater than the sum of its parts, right? So think about that. And, and most of the time when you step into leadership roles, you know, we go from being a little bit more of a soloist to a conductor. And, you know, I think about even um, starting, starting, uh, I said my business, it was just me, right? Like I was doing all the training. I was doing everything. You're, uh, especially in the times of when you're like, hey, I'm a personal trainer. Like it's, you know, one-on-one and, uh, and it's just you. And it's really easy for that to happen. So, you know, but when, as soon as you build, uh, and, I, and I even think at th that point in time, you know, you're better off having this mentality that I'm going to talk about right now. Like, soloist to conductor um even in the sense of that like essentially your clients are are part of your team where it's like you're working with them uh in that team effort and so remember the potential of a group is always greater than that of an individual period right people t working together possess limitless possibilities they can work together to do something greater than themselves and i i feel like that's the key to really kind of spurring um I would say teams towards something, something greater, right? It's to like show them like, Hey, listen, this is bigger than us. Like this, like I can't, you know, bigger ground. I can't do it myself. I period. Right. Um, whereas well, while it's easy to go like, well, but you know, you're the owner and this, that, and the other, the truth is like, I can't, I can't do it myself. There's a lot of amazing people that have been a part of, um, building this and continue to, and honestly, to make it what my vision is, uh, like our vision is it's our vision like we need a team and i need to be a conductor not a soloist right and the thing is that like the huge and when you build something special together like guess what everybody enjoys the journey more but the thing is i mean that doesn't mean that you know working together doesn't have its own challenges right when you transition from soloist to conductor there are just some realities that you have to face now and these are like the five realities that i wanted to share because uh I guarantee you, you'll find yourself being in one of those places. So if right now you're in a, in a space where you're like, there's, I, I want to work better with my team or as part of a team, right? And cause maybe, like I said, there's a sub team and you work for a big, like I've, I've gone in to consult for Boeing and, and some other big companies where, you know, there's, there's subsets of like divisions and then there's teams, there's smaller teams that are part of bigger teams that are part of bigger teams. Um, and, you know, essentially pretty much most people find themselves inside of a team. But as a conductor of that team, right? And, and remember, sometimes you're, you're a part of a team and you're not leading that team, but you're leading another team, which may be like at home. So hear me out, because this will apply to every single one of those situations and scenarios. Okay, so number one reality that you have to face, this, I, this was such a big thing about three years ago, I was just, you know, frustrated a lot of the time and until I realized this, okay? And I, I actually would be pointing fingers and be like, man, like people don't, you know, people don't push as hard as me and move as fast as me and so on and so forth. And so the number one reality that you have to face when it comes to shifting from being a soloist to conductor is that you have to go slower so you can go further. 
pausing just like that. <laughs> going slower so you can go further. It really is that important. Like, think about this, okay? So, like, you've, you've probably heard the old expression, like, it's lonely at the top, uh, and definitely applied to leadership. But think about that statement, right? If you're at the top all alone, where are the people you're supposed to be leading? Hmm. Powerful question. I heard Jamie Foxx say one time when he was having a conversation with somebody that said that to him and said, oh, man, it's lonely at the top. And Jamie Foxx said back to them, said, yeah, man, because you didn't bring anybody with you. That's, that's your fucking problem right there, right? And, and that's true. So, like, shouldn't they be at the top with you? If you're at the top alone, it means you took off ahead of all your people and left them behind. If you climb the peaks of success alone, you're not a leader. You're a hiker. I'll repeat that. If you climb the peaks of success alone, you are not a leader, you're a hiker. Now, as much as I love hiking, in this scenario, I definitely don't want to be a hiker. I want to be a leader. So you're a leader only if you have your people with you. Your pace will be slower, but you'll journey together, right? You'll journey together. We talked about this too as far as like just life in itself, you know, uh, building a business, building anything, how much more enjoyable it is when you, when you go together, right? That's part, like, if you're ahead by yourself and you're like, ah, oh, man, those people are too slow. Like, man, it's, there, isn't a, there isn't a joy in that. First of all, that's just not going to work out long term. It's going to fall apart. But also the joy isn't there. Celebrating your victories together, right? Like, good leaders don't go to the top alone and then yell down, hey, people, come on up. If you can figure out how to make the climb, like, that's, that's you know, that's, that's not great. That's not good, Right? Great leaders, they make a conscious decision to slow down. They carefully choose their steps so they can help others make the climb with them. Right? So think about, like I just mentioned, uh, the cellist. Right? So think about how this must have been for Hana, right? Hana Chang, when she shifted from soloist to conductor. As a musician, she could pick up her instrument anytime she wanted to, play any music she wanted to, and do so however long she wanted. Right? She could focus on any part of the music desired or on any aspect of her technique with absolutely no regard to others. Right? And like that's, you know, that's the, I would say, the, uh, the benefit a lot of times, right? The selfish benefit of being solo is because, hey, listen, I do whatever I want, whenever I want to, however I want to do it. Uh, and while that sounds good, that really doesn't work well in any type of team setting or, or when you're responsible for others, Right? Now, because as a conductor, she can't do that, just like you can't, right? She has to make arrangements. She has to be on other people's schedules. She has to take into consideration the abilities and personalities of her larger group of people. She has to communicate her vision. And in the end, she bears their responsibility for success or for failure, or their failure. And as, as leaders and business owners, like that's part of the, you know, that's part of what you take on. And, you know, I, and look, I, <laughs> I keep it real a lot of times, man, and just say, look, is this the role that you want to step into, right? Because I think sometimes there's this misconception of what, you know, what leadership is or what you're taking on. And, and, and you are taking a lot. You're taking on a lot of responsibility. I've shared that in a past podcast, right? And I, as I've already mentioned, you know, leaders have a natural bias for action, right? Good leaders see more than others do. And they see it before others do, right? It's in their DNA to move quickly and decisively. So their natural inclination is often to run fast on their own, to climb as high as they can. And, and that's the shift because that's kind of like, I would say, many times in my life, the shift that I had to come from. 
I'm go, go, go. Like, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Right? Like, I'm, I'll, be, I'll be over there. Uh, you know, man, I, you know, it's funny. I, I come back to the story of like how um, we did the Tough Mudder one time. And it was like this mentality where me and my brother just like ran off. And, uh, it, and I was competing with him. But I essentially, you know, left the team behind what agreement was that we do. Uh, now, it wasn't that big of a deal in sorts, but it was just a show of mentality, though, right? Like, you can't leave your team behind. You have to be there, right, pulling them up challenging and we'll get to that in a second actually um but but that's so so important because what made you usually push and lead and get to a place that you are were some of these characteristics that are in the dna to put you know to 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 get ahead but you have to shift that like going from soloist to conductor is is a a mental shift like and you have to kind of like you have to get the aha moment to go like oh shit like this is why this is not working all right i'm 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 being a soloist like in a in a group setting where it's not working out like this is right even even though i'm a great player maybe the sound is off because i'm being selfish and not playing with the whole group right and so that's very important right because to lead others successfully leaders need to travel with their people not run or climb ahead of them i'm going to repeat that to lead other people successfully, leaders need to travel with their people, not run or climb ahead of them, right? So this requires a leader to do what I call like the leadership dance, okay? I've named it a lot of different things before, but it is a leadership dance. And um, as you lead, your position in a group can't be static. I think a lot of people get stuck in that, okay? Remember leadership, unlike management, Notice, I don't use them necessarily interchangeably. I always come back to leadership. Unlike management, it's dynamic, right? Management is a very like, uh, I would say, more of a static, uh, checklisted kind of uh, thought process, right? Leadership is dynamic. It expects change, right? So to do the leadership dance, you have to step ahead of people, staying close enough for them to see you. Then you have to step beside people Listening to them and talking about the journey. Like I said, that's that Sherpa part that I talk about. Like you're guiding, you're, you're walking alongside them, right? But then sometimes you have to step behind people, sharing words of encouragement to keep them going. Well, we talked about this whole Everest, right? Like that it's very, leadership is like coaching leadership, coaching leadership, like very interchangeable because we help people get to their Mount Everest, right? And the Sherpa, you're their guide to their Everest. Now, sometimes the Sherpa, like I said, has got to get ahead and close enough to, to, so that they can see you, but so they're, they're pushing the tempo a little bit more. Not too much, though, but a little bit more. And sometimes you got to give them your hand and pull them up on tough parts and tough areas to climb, right? Most of the time, you're beside them, listening to them, talking about their journey, helping them out, guiding them, coaching them, right? Sometimes you got to get behind them, sharing words of encouragement, pushing them. Right. But most of the time you're going to be beside them. And the thing is that this leadership dance, right, doing this dance keeps you connected to your people and energizes everyone. And that's important because healthy organizations and teams about the are not about the person who leads them. They're about everybody who's in them. Right. They're about everybody who's in them. You can notice I'm going to like turn that music down a little bit inside of the gym. Thank goodness for controls. Uh, so being a good leader is about helping people reach their potential, right? That doesn't happen unless their leader is willing to slow down and take the journey with them. 
Like that is massively, massively important. Okay. And honestly, like that could be a, a point enough <laughs> to stop. Cause if you found yourself in that, like going like, holy shit, like I'm still too much of a soloist, right? That's a big aha moment. Okay. Number two, number two realization that you have to have is that recognizing that you need others, right? Recognizing you need others. So another reality you must recognize when transitioning from soloist to conductor is you need other people. Like you can't produce the music of an orchestra when you're trying to be a one man or one woman band. And, uh, you know, Zig Ziglar was a big influence uh, on me. Like, I mean, if anybody has been in business, been in sales, been in, uh, I would say in leadership, you know, if you haven't read Zig Ziglar, uh, you know, he's an OG. And it basically like, you know, he, one of the things that he said was if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. Right? And once I made a discovery, I began creating an environment where people work together to add to one another's strengths and offset one, uh, one another's weaknesses. Right. I've, I've shared before, like, man, like I, I certainly have uh, some, some very, very, um, I was just like my genius. Right. But at the same time, uh, I also have my weaknesses and, uh, and having people compliment that and bringing your weaknesses up is, is great and all, but like having somebody compliment that is very, very important, right? And I ask others to come alongside me and make up for my leadership deficits, right? And I, in turn, work to apply my strengths to their weak areas. Think about that. I apply my strengths to their weak areas and other people apply their strengths to my weak areas, right? I just made it my goal to cultivate an environment where we put completing one another ahead of competing with one another. Like that's powerful, right? Complete one another and not compete with one another. Notice the difference between these two attitudes. Now, you know, I, I would certainly say like, as you kind of go along the ride in, in, in life and in business, like these things, uh, you kind of start figuring them out. Unfortunately, sometimes you figure them out because of painful realizations, right? Um, like I said, a lot of this, it, it, it takes dropping the ego, right? It takes having to, um, you know, for me, a lot of, a, lot, a big time of, I would say, just life was like chasing significance. So then it's hard to let go of certain things because you're like, no, 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 I'm significant. Like I'm the man, like I'm the, you know, I'm a fr in front of the band and I'm playing and like, this is my show. You guys are just the backup, right? Like, and when you have, and it's, sometimes it's not a conscious thing. It can be a subconscious thing, um, but your behaviors show that. And so you got to check your behaviors. If you're still like, you're part of a band, but like, you're really kind of like behaving like a soloist um, and, and that can flare up. So just remember this, cause it's a very easy, it, it resonates and it, and it sounds right. Competing versus completing, right? So when you compete, you have a scarcity mindset. Those people that are competing, they have a scarcity mindset and they think win-lose, right? They're like, nah, somebody's gonna win, somebody's gonna lose. When, when you're on a team, like that's not, that's not the perspective that you wanna have. Um, you practice single thinking, right? You, you think singularly, you think me, how, does, how, does, how do things affect me and how do I, you, you don't really think about how you affect others. And it excludes others. Like, you don't really give a shit about others, right? Because it's like, it's, you're competing. It's like, no, no, no. It's me against everybody else. So it's do or die, right? Where completing, there's an abundance mindset with completing. You think win-win. I've talked about this before. Like, these days, to me, it's like, if I can't create a win-win situation, I'm not going to go into it. Even if I win and the other person loses, if you're part of my team, a part of my, I would say, environment, like, man, like that's, I'm not playing that game. Right. 
Now, if, if, if this is a different story, if our team is going against, uh, you know, somebody else, but even, even then, like I said, in many scenarios, if there's collaboration and there's, there's teamwork, like I, it's got to be win-win. Like everybody on my team's got to win. But and also in completing, you include others, right? You don't exclude others. You include others. So completing culture creates wins for everyone. It lifts morale. It encourages team members to make to make one another better. People enjoy working in an environment like that. Like I, you know, I mean, obviously, if you've uh, done enough of the study of of just social environments and tribes and teams working together, like we know that, like obviously, psychological safety is important and is a big part of that. Like if people are like, "Hey, this person's on my team. He's got my back. I feel safe. I can share my struggles. I can share my my pains and fears and, and desires and dreams." Like that is a, a great environment to work and it's been proven that those are the most successful environments even when the talent is not the best those are the teams that win right so and as i create you know create a, a culture environment where completing is valued i better understand how i need others right and that's that's been a journey for me um and i, I also began enjoying what we're doing together like honestly that's probably one of the most fulfilling things is is creating something meaningful with people that I care about. It, it, honestly, there's very few things in, 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 in the world that are better than that. And so that completes that point, right? Recognizing that you need others because you have to have that frame of mind before you can actually start operating in a more kind of conductor, uh, conductor way. Number three, is making the effort to understand others. And, you know, we've done sh full shows on talking about that. And um, while many entrepreneurs and high achievers are able to work alone, like essentially like good soloist musicians who choose to play, you know, and, and you guys probably seen the videos, like you choose to play in the subway, they can create music without the assistance of any other musicians, right? It's a, it's a skill set. It's also true that the same soloists, they're so talented that others are willing to work with them even if the soloist is egotistical and inconsiderate, right? I mean, you see that, right? Somebody who's massively talented, incredible skill set, other people will work with them even though they don't like to, but they'll kind of like, all right, plug in, right? But nobody can become a good conductor without making the effort to understand other people. So those are very rare examples and what you'll see in like with those soloists that uh, I, I would say, and I don't want to put, <laughs> make this super black and white, but like most of the time, like those people are never part of successful teams, right? They do well by themselves, but it, like they never have a group of people that stick around um, because obviously they, there's disengagement, right? If somebody believes that they're better and don't don't care to understand anybody else, like you're not gonna have a positive result in that. So when people lead without taking the time or making the effort to understand those who are trying to follow them, the results can be tragic or comic, right? And uh. So I'll give you an example. <laughs> this is, uh, I actually saw this with, with, I was at a friend's house with, with, with a lot of kids and they were, you know, kind of setting up this like marching band. Let's just call it a marching band. And it was, you know, there was like eight kids. One of them had a whistle and pretty much it was like a march command, right? When I whistle, we start marching with our little implements and our sticks. And then when I blow the whistle, right, we stop. And obviously, like, they were having the kids switch up so everybody get their turn. With that, like, at the beginning, the first three, four kids, you know, everything is like, blow the whistle, and they're marching in unison, right? And they're, they're having fun, and the whistle stops, and they're pausing again, and they're pausing for a little bit, and they go again, right? 
And then when it came to one kid, like one kid got the whistle, got the, you know, the power. So think about that. Like it's basically, uh, think of it as, as that person got the leadership torch. Okay. Um, and once they got that leadership torch, they were just like, or should I say the whistle, but let's just say the leadership torch, right? They started blowing the whistle, but like erratically, right? Start, stop, start, stop, 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 start, start, right? And everybody was out of unison and then everybody started getting pissed off, but the kid kept doing it. And you know why? Well, look, it, probably the first time in a while where maybe they felt they had control and you know, there's the, the friends and siblings kind of had, had to, right? Had to submit to their power, even though this is all like just playing games or whatnot. It's a perfect example Right. If it's, it's a perfect example of lack of understanding and communication and having everybody be on the same page. So everything looks smooth and is working together. So, of course, like when that person tried to take control and show power, it was disorganized. They weren't moving forward. They weren't marching in unison. They weren't getting the result that they wanted uh, because, like I said, the for whatever we're not going to dive deep into the reasons but like because of the selfishness or I would say that that soloist mentality um was 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 essentially uh, uh, applied to the group, right? And the thing is, like you you find this that like you find this in so many scenarios, and you go like, man, I don't know why this is working. Or a lot of times, if you start pointing fingers, and I've done that before too, like where I was having this kind of soloist approach and started pointing fingers about how everybody else is not understanding, and um, you know, and, and obviously this is where kind of you got to point the finger you know, and point it right back at yourself because take responsibility. You know, if, like I said, especially if you're the person that's in the leadership position, like you got to start checking yourself. It's, it, you don't want to be that person where, you know, is driving down the wrong side of the freeway going like, man, look at all these idiots driving the wrong way, uh, which the likelihood is that it's you, right? It's like not 99% of people are driving the wrong way. Man, it might be you driving the wrong way and you got to make that, make that decision. And, um, it, you know, another another way that I, I looked at this, uh, while I haven't danced tango since I was in 12th grade, because we had to, uh, long story short, like you do this, uh, we call it matura. Matura is, I don't know, like graduation, like in, in like our, what we call our secondary school. And we do all these dances and classical dances and, and we do tango. Um, and, you know, one of the things, one of the dances was tango. Like we had to do a tango number at our graduation with our partner. And as we were coaching for it, you know, uh, the, 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 the dance instructor was telling us that like, um, that in tango, you cannot lead without having the sense of the follower. So the follower has to be able to trust the leader and she must be able to move with him with the music only together. They can accomplish the dance and that cooperation and standing also applies to good leadership, right? Actually the leader in tango is trying to make the other person look great. Think about that. That's that's deep, right? And um, you know, for most obviously, as you come into that setting, I was like, hmm, what do you mean, right? Like, and and there was like, no, no, like it's all about one person trying to make the other person look great. And that's your whole motivation, right? Like, is there you're synced up with the other person and you you make it as smooth as possible so that they look amazing, right? Uh, and so that mentality, you know, and, and trust me, back then I didn't get it. Like, I'm not gonna give you this whole spiel that like when the instructor said that that i was like oh this makes so much sense in life you know i should start doing that because 
at that age, I was a knucklehead. So, uh, and, and a lot of bad things happened before I got that. But, but, you know, like now, like I said, looking back, that was like, you know, it made me think of that. And, um, and it's certainly like, if you have that approach in life, whether it's honestly, whether it's even in your personal relationships, right. Uh, I, I believe that that works better, right. It makes everybody uh, you're more likable. You have more enjoyment, more fulfillment by making somebody else look great, right? So, um, number four. This leads into number four, which is great. It's a great kind of like uh, transition. Is that wanting others to shine more than you do? Oh, that's hard. I, I know that was hard for me. But once again, it's hard until you have a certain belief system of a soloist. But when you shift it, that becomes a lot easier. Um, and, you know, going back that, think of it this way, okay? Good leaders who conduct rather than go solo want the people who work with them to shine. And how do they do that? They follow this thinking. I, I wrote these notes down, um, and I, I think I was reading this in a, in, a, in a John Maxwell book, or it could have been, I'm not sure. I've, I've been reading a lot of books. <laughs> so, but, but I got these notes down. So it's, it says, before I say, follow me, I find you. Before I ask you to listen to me, I listen to you. When I show you the big picture, you are in it. When I point to success, I point to you. Often you hear me say, I need you. Often you discover he needed me. After the journey, we're both exhausted. After the victory, you hold the trophy, right? That's the, that's the thinking that leaders follow when they're trying to make others shine more than you, right? So good leaders do what they can to put others in a position to win. And like that's become more and more, uh, I would say, uh, let's just say that it's becoming more and more of my reality every single day um you know and like i said like usually it's not like a like old habits die hard old belief systems you know have to be overridden but man like there's it there's no 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 time in my life where i've wanted uh my team individually and and, and together to succeed more than i do now um so the thing is is like i every day like i look for opportunities to lift people up and you could, first of all, this doesn't have to be, you know, related in just your team and your business. Like this could legitimately be anywhere, anytime, just people, especially people in your circle that you love. And um, here's a simple formula, okay? See the possibilities in all people, honor them in front of others, invite them to help achieve the vision, Notice what they do well and compliment them. And then last, thank them to make sure that they know they're valued. Right? I'll, I'll run through this again. Once again, like maybe this is something that you should have written down somewhere. Um, like powerful things, I like to write them down and like rewrite them a lot of times in my journal because that like literally helps ingrain stuff in my head, right? See, see the possibilities in all people. Honor them in front of others. Invite them to help achieve the vision. Notice what they do well and compliment them. 
and thank them to make sure they know that they're valued. Right, so I strive to do this every day. And, and as you can see, none of these actions, you know, takes like some genius or brilliance or, or a higher degree of skills. Really not, right? They're simple. But they do all require some type of focus and intentionality, right? Like you have to be intentional about this stuff. Um, and if you, have, if you want to become a good conductor, I would highly suggest you give those a try and help others to shine. And like make it like... You know, it's can sound foofy. Like me and me and, me and Jay Farouja always talk about that, about how he would, you know, uh, he would track his KPIs would be how many people he'd talk to in a day, ask questions, you know, make smile, um, you know, and like really mark it down because when he wanted to get better at that, he tracked the KPIs in that. Well, I I I'd, I'd challenge you and have you consider tracking for the next thirty days, like uh, you know how you do that. If you want to be a good conductor, conductor, like thanking people, shining light on positive things, like every day having a little checklist, man, how many times did you do it? Did you do it at all? Right. And, and at the end of 30 days, see how you feel, like how, see how people around you are behaving, what their energy is like, what your energy is like. You'll be blown away. Right. And pro- I always say like, hey, if you don't think it'll make that big of a distance, prove me wrong and do it. Do it for 30 days straight. Prove me wrong. See how it goes. Right. Uh, this leads me to. Number five, which is helping others to become better every day. Man, so I, like, I mean, isn't this like the whole foundation of if anybody ever said things like, I want to make an impact? I mean, that's the definition of it. Helping others become better every day. So to become a successful leadership conductor, you must go slower so you can go farther. Recognize that you need others. Make the effort to understand others and want others to shine more than you do. But you'll also learn, we'll also need to learn how to do things every day that help the people that you lead improve, right? So this requires taking a focus off yourself and looking for ways you can help others reach their potential. And, and sometimes that can be a challenge, right? Um, and, and sometimes that can be a challenge because of belief systems. You know what's crazy is like, uh, and like even part of, you know, as part of my team, like I've had people that kind of would, uh, would, would, Let's, let's just say that they've experienced leadership in the past that was fear-based leadership and it was, the leadership was not in line with helping everybody win. Now, if that's the case, if that's all you've experienced your whole life, right, then, man, it's hard to, now as soon as you're in a position where somebody's a leader and is like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm trying to make you better and help you out every day. And you're like, nah, man, I'm, I, I, know, I know how this goes. Like, you're just trying to take, 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 take and use me and then, you know, and then, and then kick me out, right? And like, for real, like there's, and I've, I've been in scenarios like that in my life too, right? So it, it can be, uh, I can be a learned belief system, but I've been around now people that I've mentored where that tends to be the case. And like, I really try to, you know, understand where they're coming from because uh, I used to also live in, um, you know, if you guys, I've shared that you played basketball in Ukraine um, and, uh, professional basketball for a team called uh, Hemic, which is actually one of the best teams in that country. We played in a uh, the ULIP Cup League. They made it to the finals. Um, I, I played it for a while. It's like the city is about 45 minutes out of Odessa, um, which is a, a big city in Ukraine. And, you know, that country has been under leadership that has not like looked out for the best of all. So like I remember too back then, um, you know, it was a transition, like even bringing people in that would talk about adding value to others and, and, you know, creating leadership amongst teams. And it was, it was, you know, hard to shift the beliefs. Right. And so, uh, 
you know, asking the question of like, hey, how many of you have been hurt by leaders? Man, like, you know, I, I would say, put it this way, some of the people that I just mentioned and also like, I would say the people in Ukraine would raise their hands like way, way, way high up in the air, right? Because for generations, you know, they, it's, it's like when you don't add value, you know, you have leadership that has made, for generations, things fall apart. And sometimes in individuals too, you know, they're coming from a background where leadership was breaking things down and not trying to add value to them and, uh, and help them rise. So, you know, to come back to, uh, like the three questions, right? The, the three questions that followers ask of their leaders, or I, I don't like the word followers, but like I would say your team or the people uh, that are part of the tribe ask of their leaders. And number one is, do you care for me? Right? Do you care for me? Number two is, can I trust you? And then number three, can you help me? Right? And obviously, uh, you know, all, if, if you can answer those, because two of those questions, one is about like uh, value and like competence and stuff, but two of those are questions about care. Like, man, are you looking out for my best interest? And if you can, you know, if you can answer those, then obviously like there, there's value being given there and there's the, I would say, positive, uh, positive focus on helping somebody improve, right? So thinking about that, right? That you know, you have to, first of all, believe that helping people, adding value to them and using influence to improve their community, that's something like they, they, that people want to be a part of. It's something that like you have to share. And, and like, that's one of the things that like, I mean, obviously in the fitness industry, think about what we do, like constantly bringing it back to that. It's like, man, like we, we live in a world of like the more value that you add, going back to that Zig Ziglar quote, that um, the more value that you add, to others, the more you're going to get what you want, right? It, it goes back to that same thing. But hey, listen, like once again, when you're speaking to people and you have people in your uh, on your teams or individuals, and like I said, whether it's friends, family, um, you know, businesses that maybe, like I said, they have a, a, a history of leaders breaking things down and not lifting them up, you know, there has to be a frame shift and, and you have to create that frame. Right. You have to be the person that goes back and goes like, hey, do I care for you? Hey, do, do, you know, can you trust me? Can I help you? Right. Like and constantly reinforce those things and actually show that that's true. Like you'll be on a winning path. Right. So you have to you have to change your focus from receiving to giving like, you know, from soloist to conductor. Like that's one of the main things that you got to look at. Um, and as a younger leader. And, and maybe I wouldn't call myself that like in certain times of, of coming up, at least not nowadays, but like, hey, look, we all we all learn, right? I was focused on how people could help me uh, and not on how I could help them and add value to them. And, you know, once I stepped into the, 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 the co coaching in the fitness industry, that was a big shift for me because I was actually drawn to that because a good chunk of my life was, um, you know, I, I was living in a, significance yet scarcity world taking right um and i wanted to turn things around and my, my thinking back then was selfish and also short-sighted right um and having li lived in a kind of so you know socialist country um early in my you know early in my my life uh, i kind of should have known better you know uh, about the 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 sowing and reaping principles right sowing always precedes reaping and as leaders, our question these days should not be, will I reap a harvest? Instead, it should be, have I sold the seeds today? 
right? Have you sold the seeds today? Uh, and even though, yeah, look, I know I'm, you know, the metaphor is changing from music. We started with music and now we're in farming, but, but stay with me here, right? So um, another, said another way, I'm trying to add value. Am I trying to add value or take value? Am I focused on receiving or giving? As a soloist, it's just very easy to make everything about yourself. You know, how am I performing? Uh, is the orchestra making me sound good? Is my technique as good as I want it to be? Is my audience appreciating me and my performance? Is this help moment helping my career? And good leaders shift from being self-focused to others-focused. Um, they give more than they take. They focus on sowing and not reaping. As leaders, we need to maintain that seed-sowing mindset, right? And what does that mean? Well, it means that we should... Focus on adding value daily, right? And I think that goes multiple ways. Like the way I look at focus on adding value daily, uh, you know, that that is where like people go like, oh, social media, like I think there's there's some negative benefits to it, like, but we still control and choose it. And but you can add value and impact people on social media in a positive way. If you do that, add value daily there. But more, uh, but but even more so, if you have a team like face to face, like that, you want to add value to your team. Well, whether they're face to face or not, like add value to your team, add value to the marketplace, right? But focus on adding value daily. Add as much value as possible as often as possible. Uh, I think it's really easy to hold back and go like, I should only give this much, right? But man, every single person, like my 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 friends, mentors too, that like said, hey man, the more I value I gave, the more it came back to me. Whether it was, you know, then uh, people buying the products, hiring them for coaching, uh, whatever else it may be. I don't think I don't think that there's like any benefit for like holding all the stuff back. Like there there isn't. Right. And then number three is like, never wait to add value. Wait for what? What are you, what are you waiting for? You know what I'm saying? Like you want to, for a better time, like I'll, I'll add value when, you know, when I get more known or better, whatever, like you can add value today. Don't wait. You have something to give to this world. You have an expertise, you have a genius, you have a, you have a knowledge. Uh, and as long as you know more than somebody in a certain area, like then you can, you can add value. Give without keeping score so motives stay pure. Um, I think that this is a really easy thing to kind of slip off of, right? But when you start doing stuff and, and subconsciously you go like, all right, man, now I've already done this many things. Um, you know, I, I keep putting stuff out there. I gave this person X, Y, Z, like, and I'm not getting the return. That's a slippery slope, num- number one, because it creates a certain expectation. Um, but, and, and we talked about expectations, right? When life meets or exceeds your expectations, you're happy. When it doesn't, you're unhappy. So it can create this cycle of like, you have all these expectations, um, you know, and, and you're keeping score and then you're not getting what you expect. And all of a sudden you're, you're pissed off and unhappy. And that's going to break the cycle too, right? It breaks the cycle. And welcome, this is, this one is key. Like, man, I was, I was down in Miami with my great friends, Mike DeSani, and he, he said something similar to this, but it resonates so true with me is like, welcome any return as an unexpected blessing. You know, if, if you live life like that, like think about that, right? Like you just give with just absolutely no kind of um, expectation of receiving. You're, like the gift is the giving, right? The gift is to be able to add value to your people. Like that's the fulfillment in itself. And then anything that you get in return is just an unexpected blessing. Like imagine living, you know, living, living like that. And like that, I mean, I, I, I sure can't tell you that I'm there fully, but certainly way, way, way more. This is how I've shifted my, my belief systems and thinking. Um, and 
here, here's the thing. Like, there's, I'll, I'll finish off with kind of like uh, how, like, how this cycle works. Okay, Th- this is this is how it works. Your belief drives your anticipation, right? Because you have a certain belief, you start anticipating it. That anticipation drives intention. So now you start becoming intentional about something, right? Intention creates focus. And, or should I say intention helps us prioritize focus, right? Then focus helps us see opportunity. Only when we see the opportunity are we able to take action on it. And when we do it, when we take action, it inflames our passion to do more good. That in turn fuels our belief. And the cycle begins all over again. Right, so this, this is a circle you definitely don't want to keep. You, you, you want to keep it unbroken. So if you have a belief and your belief is adding value, right, every day, like these, these uh, five points that I just shared and last, right, focusing on adding value a day, focusing on adding as much as possible, never waiting to add value, right, giving without keeping score and keeping your motives pure, and then welcome any, any return as an unexpected blessing. If this is your belief, that belief encourages that anticipation, right? Anticipation creates intention. Intention helps us prioritize focus. Focus helps us see opportunity. When we see opportunity, we're able to take action on it. When we do it, it inflames our passion to do more good, and that in turn fuels our belief. And you can see how, how that's like a cycle that goes around, around, around. And like, that's how good things happen, right? And you you have that, you stay patient, right? And you, that, you may, if it's a belief system, it's different. It's not like a strategy. Like, it's a belief system. It means it's the way you live your life. And so that is going to be my ending piece in how you become a better conductor and how you shift from a soloist to conductor. Um, because as, you know, as long as I've been doing it, studying it, getting better at it, I can continue to get better and better and better and better at it. And like, there's no, as actually there's no, uh, I don't think there's no ending. There's no peak in this one. You know, it's like, how can I be a better leader for my people? Like, man, like there's, you know, how can, can how can I be a better part of teams, right? How can I be a better contributor to the things that matter in my life and the people that matter in my life? And, you know, there, there is no limit to that. There is no, there, there should be no ceiling. You should continue to want to get better. Even when you're, if you are the best. And uh, there's a saying that you guys I know have heard. It said, um, good is the enemy of great. Everybody's heard that. But also remember that the best is the enemy of better. That's deep. But what does that mean? Like if you start believing that you don't need to learn anything anymore because you're the best and like you're like, ah, oh, man, I don't, I don't really need, need to get better. That's the enemy of better. And your goal should be to be better every day, no matter where you're at. Like even if, you know, I don't know, there's, there is such a thing as I'm the best in the world. It's the enemy of better. And so you got to keep getting better every single day. And if you want to be a better leader, constantly study leadership, study communication, study teamwork, right? And you'll get better at it. With that said, whew, I think I'll, I didn't even take a sip of bang this whole, this whole time. Um, as always, hey, look, apply this stuff, right? Like apply it, apply it, apply it. What did you hear? What did you hear me saying, right? Well, write it down. Like what did you hear me saying? What stuck out? What's the, what's the thing that you're going to apply specifically, right? Because even if I say add value every day, because I'm, I'm talking about concepts here, uh, you know, what does that mean to you? Does that mean you're going to write, a, you know, a, a mix of email, a blog, uh, you know, do an in-staff, um, share something, you know, with a coach every single day that's going to help them get better? Like what, what is it that you're going to do? You know, you're going to 
do something like teach a lesson to your kid in a positive manner like what you know what i mean like write the specific thing down that you're going to do and just work on that that one thing even if you heard you know 10 8 5 15 uh things that stuck out at you what's the one thing that you're going to do and move forward like i say you got you got to take you know this the 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 knowledge and turn it and integrate it into action and transformation so do that let me know what that is um with that said as always hey guys like love the reviews uh love the i would say love the five-star reviews but just love you guys like writing out you know what um what you love about the show keep that coming really appreciate it appreciate your time and uh i love and and i I will see you in the next episode that's coming up and I, i can't even tell what it is yet but we got a special guest coming on so i'm excited about that peace out see you next time